Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis, filling in for Chris Taracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdaugh, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son, Paul, and his wife, Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes, including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our presentation of the direct examination of FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski. In this installment, we continue our look at Mr. Falkowski's testimony and conclude our review of day 11 of the trial. That's all coming up right after the break. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It is the late afternoon of February 8th, 2023, day 11 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor John Conrad was questioning FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski about his analysis of data drawn from Alex Murdoch's Chevy Suburban. Falkowski specifically testified about activities such as calls received and vehicle status indicated by that data in the minutes just after the murders of Maggie and Paul on June 7th, 2021. As we begin today, John Conrad continues questioning the witness regarding the data extracted from Murdaugh's vehicle with timestamps after 9.06 p.m. on the night of the murders. Again, for reference, the murders are estimated to have been committed between 8.44 p.m. and 9.06 p.m. on June 7, 2021. The call made to 911 by Alex Murdoch was at 10.07 p.m. on that night. We see a group of messages starting at line 1557, and they have an identical time state of what? 9.06 and 44 seconds. Okay. PM? PM. All right. And what is that group of messages telling you at that time? That looks like the vehicle system is uh, moving, uh, continuing its power-up process. Okay. All right. And then we see a series of messages that all occur within two or three seconds, uh, starting at line 1591 at 9.06.48 p.m., uh, and then continuing on through 9.06.49 p.m., uh, and quite a few at uh, 9.06.49 p.m., and then into 9.06.50 p.m., uh, and that's lines roughly 16.28 down to 16.54. Uh, what did that group of messages tell you is occurring? So at that point, partway through those message sets, it actually has an engine running event, so the car has been turned on. Okay. So in your opinion, the vehicle is running at approximately 9.06.49 to 9.06.50 p.m.? Yes. Okay. On June 7th? Yes. Okay. All right. And then we see at line 1670 and 1672, uh, it looks like another couple of blue-colored messages, correct? Yes. Again, what are those blue-colored messages? What do they indicate to you? The vehicle park message. All right. And it says vehicle park false. What does that mean? The vehicle was taken out of park. Okay. The vehicle was taken out of park at 9.06 and 50 seconds, correct? Pink. Correct. Okay. On June 7th, correct? Correct. All right. And if we look at it on line 1672, the timestamp uh, has a 
slightly different color stamp. I don't know if it's, is that viewable on your screen? Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's colored more green, correct? That is correct. Why did you color that particular block green at line 1672? I was highlighting events where you could see where the vehicle was taken out of park, and it looks like it was continually used and then put back into park. Okay. And so, uh, first of all, those two lines at 1670 and 1672, they are, are they represent the same event? They are the same event. Okay. And that's the vehicle taken out of park, correct? That's correct. Uh, and you color-coded that green because you wanted to find when the vehicle was put back into park, correct? Correct. I want to find, it, it, yes. Okay. Uh, because you, in your, your opinion and your analysis, you've determined that that message is uh, pretty reliable and something we can rely upon to make a determination of when that vehicle could have been moving, correct? Correct. Okay, so 9.06.50 p.m., the vehicle is put, taken out of park, and then let's go down the line, 1904-1904, and uh, we see another green stamp uh, embedded in a blue line. You see that, sir? Yes. And what does that mean uh, to you? Well, it was the next event where the vehicle went back into park. Okay. So at, at what time is that? At 9.22 and 45 seconds p.m. Vehicle's put back into park, correct? That's correct. All right. Um, and in your opinion, uh, could the vehicle have been moving between those two times? If it could have, I have no evidence of that. Okay. All right. Uh, but the vehicle's out of park. For that. It is out of park. Okay. And that's something, in your opinion, we can rely upon, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, and roughly, I'm not going to ask you for exact seconds, roughly how much time passes between the vehicle taking out of park at line 1672 and put back in the park at line 1904. Approximately 16 minutes. Okay. All right. And I'm going to scroll down. And I'm, I'm scrolling down to line 3059 uh, and 3061. And I see some more green-colored uh, blocks here, correct? Yes. All right. And what are those blocks? What information is contained in those blocks? What messages? Again, it's the vehicle in or out of park messages. Okay. And so, and what time is that? Those two messages at 3061? Uh, 3061 shows uh, 9.43.05. PM? PM. Uh, and that's June 7th, June correct? 7th, 2021. And, and what, then... And what, at, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but at that particular event, what happens with the vehicle? The vehicle goes out of park. Okay. And then at line, the next line below that, what's the time on that, the date time on that? Um, 9.43 and 59 seconds, June 7th, 2021. That's p.m. Okay. And what happens with the vehicle? It goes back into park. Okay. And so roughly how much time passed between those two events? Uh, it looks like just under a minute. Okay. Uh, and you can't tell us whether the vehicle actually moved during that time, correct? No. All you can tell us was it was out of park for a little under a minute. Yes. Uh, not to put you on the spot, we'll go back up and look real quick. Uh, so that's at 9.43.05 p.m., correct? Correct. Um, let's go back and look at the previous vehicle parked uh, at 9.22.45 p.m., and that's line 1904. Uh, that's when the vehicle had been placed in the park, correct? That's correct. All right, and let's just do some rough math. Uh, it, do you have a pen you can write it down if you need to? Uh, 9.22.45, the vehicle's in park. 9.20, or excuse me, 9.43.05, the vehicle is now back out of park, correct? That's correct. Roughly how much time passes between those two events? Approximately 21 minutes. All right, and so the vehicle is out of park for about a minute 
at lines 3061 and 3079. And then let's scroll down to uh, line 3096 and 3310. Um, what happens with the vehicle there? Uh, the vehicle goes out of park. Okay, at what time? At 944.54 seconds on June 7th, 2021. That's p.m. Okay. And then uh, the next event below that, uh, what occurs there? Next event, the vehicle goes back into park at, uh, that would be 10 o'clock and 30 seconds, 36 seconds. Okay. Um, on June 7th, 2021 p.m. And those are color-coded green because they kind of, Represent a matching pair, correct? That's correct. When it went out and when it back, went back in the park, correct? That's correct. All right. And roughly, how much time passes between those two events at 9.44 and 10 o'clock uh, of the night of June 7th? Approximately 16 minutes. All right. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Prosecutor John Conrad continues his direct examination of Dwight Falkowski by asking about data from the defendant's vehicle with timestamps after 10 p.m. on June 7, 2021. Let's go down to lines 3327 and 3328. Uh, and those are two more green color events that represent that matching pair, correct? That's correct. Vehicle out of park and then vehicle in park, correct? That's correct. All right. And uh, what are the, the times associated with those two events? The vehicle goes out of park at 10.01 and 17 seconds on June 7th, 2021. That's p.m. And it goes back into park at 10 29 seconds on June 7th, 2021 okay. p.m. And roughly speaking, how many seconds is that? About 12 seconds. Okay. okay, let's go to just a few seconds later, lines 33, 36, and 33, 40, and we see another matching pair of these green messages, correct? That's correct. Out of park and then back in the park, correct? That's correct. And what are the two times on that particular event? Uh, the vehicle goes out of park at 10.01 and 30 seconds on June 7th, 2021, that's p.m., and it goes back into park at 10.01 and 43 seconds, June 7th. So maybe I can do the math this time. It's roughly about 13 seconds it's out of park? That's correct. Okay. Uh, we see a whole bunch of messages again, that group of messages starting at 2204.44 and kind of going on into 20, excuse me, 10.04.44 p.m., and 10.04.47 p.m., we see another group of messages. 
what does that group of messages generally indicate to you in the aggregate? And that's that's this group I'll highlight. It looks like the system is powering down. Okay. Okay. And then we get down to uh, lines 3464, um, and that shows uh, another green color-coded pair of messages, correct? That's correct. And again, it goes out of part and back into part, correct? That's correct. And what are the two times associated with those two messages at 3664 and 3682? Yes. The, well, uh, I'm sorry, what are the those question? times? Oh, oh, what are the times? Yeah. Um, 10.04 and 49, it goes out of park. That's p.m. on June 7th, 2021. And it goes back into park at 10.05, 55 seconds, p.m., June 7th, 2021. Right. And that's roughly more than a minute, correct? That's correct. And then let's go down to lines 3490 and 3504. Uh, and we see another matching pair in and in, in, out of park and then in the park, correct? That's correct. And where are the times associated with those two? Uh, the, the vehicle goes out of park at 10, 11, and 45 seconds on June 7th, 2021 p.m. And then it goes back into park at 10, 12, and 38 seconds p.m., June 7th, 2021. All right, and that's roughly just under a minute or so? That's correct. Right. And we're almost to the end here. Okay, and then uh, we see a, another message. So first of all, we see some messages that are blue colored at 3506 through 3515. And why are those blue coded instead of, of green coded for you? Those are more vehicle park messages, but they uh, appear to be with the, you know, basically duplications of the existing ones. So that's just duplicate information, correct? That's correct. Right. And then finally, at line 3521, we see uh, a the vehicle. What happens with the vehicle at that line? Okay, it goes out of park at 10.13 and 39 seconds p.m. on June 7th, 2021. Did you find a matching uh, kind of pair, as we've talked about, for when the vehicle goes back in the park? No. Right. No log message was present for that. Okay. Um, can you explain why that log message may not be present? We found during the testing of our, our test vehicle that uh, there are times when the system decides to temporarily stop recording message. Uh, the reason is not clear. Um, but you do see it come out of park at 22, or excuse me, 10, 13, 39, correct? That's correct. After concluding a review of the vehicle events timeline, Prosecutor Conrad moves on to ask Mr. Falkowski a series of questions intended to clarify the capabilities and limits of both the technology and of his data extraction methods. And just to re reiterate this, uh, you're just telling us when this vehicle's in and out of park, correct? That's correct. Because that's the most reliable piece of information you've been able to deem from this, this data, correct? That's correct. Uh, and you can't tell us necessarily where the vehicle's moving, correct? That's correct. And you can't tell us if it's moving or if you see it go out of park, who's shifting the actual uh, gear knob, can you? No, we don't know who's in the car. And all you can look at is this particular data, correct? That's correct. All right. And just so it's clear, you know, you, you've determined, you're, you're interpreting this data because you use a test vehicle to, to, to see when you see these messages, correct? That's correct. All right. And uh, that's why you're giving us these opinions today, correct? From That's your correct. All right. Uh, and when you were using your test vehicle, if you took a vehicle, if you took the vehicle out and drove it, took it out of park, drove it, and then put it back in the park, 
would you find that exact same matching pair of in and out of park messages we just talked through? Correct? Yes. Okay. And you wouldn't necessarily, you weren't able to determine any other data that would reliably tell you if it was moving or not, correct? That's correct. All right. But uh, so if the vehicle's driving and you see that, you would see that identical pair of messages like we just talked about. Yes. And uh, however, uh, if the car just stopped and someone shifts it out of park and just sits there with their foot on the brake, and then sometime later puts it back into park, would you see that same matching pair of in, in park, out of park message and back in the park message? Yes. With that, Prosecutor John Conrad concludes his direct examination of the witness. Defense attorney Philip Barber rises to begin his cross-examination of Mr. Falkowski. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Um, I won't, hopefully this won't take long, just a few clarifying questions. First, you mentioned that this, the data was encrypted? Yes, when we pulled the data off the chip, it was encrypted. Is this something that the manufacturer did? Yes. It's not something that the, the end user doesn't do something to encrypt the data. It comes that way. It's not for an infotainment system, yeah. no. And so you, it sounded like you kind of had to reverse engineer with a test vehicle to figure out uh, the meaning of stuff. Um, were you not able to get General Motors to, to assist with that? Oh, uh, we could, but we generally try to find the data on our own. Often we have the, uh, it would be, it's difficult for us to get the uh, manufacturers to work with us on that data. Did anyone attempt to, to, to reach out to General Motors, say, to de-encrypt the data? Not from EDAU. Okay. Um, I won't go over this spreadsheet um, too much. You still, you still have the exhibit with you? I have a copy. Okay. At Philip Barber's request, Prosecutor John Conrad displays the spreadsheet on the monitor for the defense attorney to reference as he asks Mr. Falkowski his next series of questions. Um, I wanted to ask you just briefly about find it on this. There were some things that were happening at 904. I didn't quite understand. What do these mean? These, this group of things that say info state, sleep, um, and state, uh, some abbreviation, animate, all, all these things happening uh, in this 904, 905 range. What does that mean? So as I was attempting to explain before that, that some of these messages, like individually, they don't mean a whole lot. Like, what does this actually mean? But it, it, in this case, it's generally showing, like, could you scroll down just a little bit more so I could see more of the messages? So it looks like um, initially, like at, nine, at line number 984, where the system initially boots up, and then 904. Well, let me stop you there. I'm when sorry. you say system startup, what does that mean? What is the system and what is it doing when it starts up? So this is just the computer for the infotainment center. This is not the entire vehicle, but something woke up that system. And just like your home computer, it needs to boot up before Windows is ready. That's a similar thing that has a boot up sequence. That, this is a log that says that was initiated. Okay. Um, and what would trigger this? What would make this startup happen? We know that some events that make it happen, such as opening the door or, or just starting the car, we don't know all the events that might make that happen. Um, well, on uh, my Chevy, if you walk near it with the key fob, you know, the lights come on on the little door handles. You can stick your foot under the rear, and the rear will come up. Would walking near it with the key fob trigger anything? It's a possibility, but we did not investigate that. But scrolling down here to 906 and... 48 seconds. Am I reading this correctly to say that the engine was turned on? 
So if you see that there was at one point there was messages such engine run false, which is only within the same second as a following up one engine running true. The, 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 it's messages like this that get a little bit confusing on there, but ultimately it's moving to, it's basically staying here, Matt, but I'm moving to this state here. So in that case, it looked like the engine started running at this time. Okay. Well, I don't think I'll belabor the spreadsheet anymore, but I did want to ask, did you uh, additionally retrieve data related to uh, the phone connecting to the entertainment system? I think there was the 911 call that you we had, We had a, a call log that was extracted, as well as the connection of a Bluetooth or several Bluetooth devices. I'm going to hand you a printout. Is this a printout of device connection history that you were able to obtain from the vehicle? Philip Barber hands a document to Mr. Falkowski. There appears to be some confusion between the defense attorney and the witness about what is in the document. We need to go back to the original material and take a look at this because this, some of this looks more than like what we originally collected. Can you can you identify this? Uh, I mean, the format looks familiar, but it, it looks... I, I, I might have to go back into the original material and, and pull up the HTML report. Is that, is that, is that acceptable? Prosecutor Conrad rises to suggest a brief break so that the witness can properly evaluate the document. Your Honor, I think the witness is asking to look at his original data to validate what Mr. Barber had, uh, has. Yeah, State has no objection to that. Well, he'll just, we'll just need a few minutes for him to, to validate it. Uh, no objection, Your Honor. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have you go to the jury room for a short break, hopefully. During the break, the parties confer for several minutes before Judge Newman decides to adjourn court for the day. And so, with that, we bring to a close Day 11 and conclude this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our review of the testimony of FBI electronics engineer Dwight Falkowski and move on to recap the testimony of another witness relating to the defendant's financial crimes. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast Night Raid wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.